0: Welcome to Podcasts, recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Welcome everyone, so glad you're with us today. We're using Julia Cameron's book, The Prosperous Heart, for the next six weeks. And I chose this book for a couple reasons. You know, it's our habit, I guess you would say, to talk about prosperity in the month of October and and, uh, and into November. And I wanted to find a book that took a different tactic around it. So often, the books that we might use in October tell us about how we can use the law of cause and effect to bring more abundance into our life, as though you can just get things by praying for them. And although that might be true in a physical sense, I certainly believe that the power of prayer can bring stuff into your life. What I find so often is that the stuff isn't really satisfying and that often the very things and uh, ideas that we're seeking out actually can bring us misery as well as happiness. And so what I like about Julia Cameron's book is it really focuses in on the idea of the prosperous heart, that when our heart is open, when we're willing to give and receive, when we're willing to, to sit with our own selves and understand what's going on, that is what makes the whole difference. And last week we talked about four spending habits that correspond really to four myths about money one of them was that thrift is a virtue that somehow by ratcheting down and holding on to every last penny that somehow we're better people or more virtuous well we know that's not true we also exploded the myth that money will bring you happiness all of the surveys show that money is only related to our happiness right up until our basic needs are met if we have enough food on the table if we have an easy place to live more money will not actually provide us any additional happiness. We also uh, dispelled the myth of more is more. You've probably known people that if something was on sale, they had to buy 10 of them, right? They had to stockpile them. And of course, that's really a belief that tomorrow I'll be in trouble, and so I have to get more today. It's, it's showing our, our inability to trust that we will always be provided. The fourth of the money myths that we explored last week was the idea that money can actually buy us love, that if I buy people things, if I set up an environment where other people are blessed, that somehow I will be elevated in their eyes, that love can be sort of purchased by by stuff and circumstances. So we threw all of those out, and of course we were left with an interesting idea, if those aren't abundance... If those beliefs, if those styles of patterns of purchasing don't bring us abundance, then what does bring us abundance? What is this idea of prosperity? And Julia Cameron gave us a new definition of prosperity that I want to share with you again today. She said that prosperity is a feeling of sufficiency and security. There's nothing magic about it. It doesn't represent a number that's in your 401k. It doesn't correspond necessarily to your salary. Prosperity is a feeling of sufficiency and security. It's knowing that all of my needs are met now and the security of knowing that I will be provided for in the future that is true prosperity when you can think of your life and go i have everything i need and i have that good feeling that it's going to be around forever that is prosperity well today i want to explore one more myth about prosperity and then talk about this idea of sufficiency when is enough enough and the first thing I do want to talk about is the opposite of prosperity. Many folks might think that the opposite of prosperity is poverty, but it's really not. If we define prosperity as a feeling of sufficiency and security, the opposite of prosperity is anxiety, right? It's that fear that comes with not knowing how you're going to pay for things. It's that fear of not knowing whether you're going to be safe in the future. It's that anxiety that comes with not knowing whether you'll be able to do the things you want or to have the lifestyle that you want. That is true poverty. It's a poverty of our spirit. It's a poverty of our belief system that would allow us to think that tomorrow is going to be worse off than today. It's that belief that we will never quite have enough or never quite be enough to achieve our goals. So the opposite of prosperity is not poverty, it's anxiety. And how might we curb that anxiety? It leads us right into the last of the myths that I want to dispel. And that's the belief in a magic number or a magic thing. I'm sure that if you look around to your circle of friends and family, you have at least one friend or one family member that thinks their anxiety, their fear, will be alleviated by either a magic number or a magic thing. So let me give you a couple examples, right? Have you heard a friend of yours saying, when I get my student loans paid off, then I'll be able to live the good life. Or, or if they're an older friend of yours, they might say something like, "When I'm sixty-five and Social Security kicks in, right, then I'll be able to live the good life." Or maybe someone in, in, in the middle of their lives, right? They'll say, "You know, when that promotion comes along, when I make district manager." When when I've accumulated enough points so that I'm bumped up into the next elevation of my job or some kind of a program I'm in, that's when I'll live the good life. Now, sometimes it's not even associated with money, right? Sometimes we'll associate it with an event. When the kids move out and I'm finally on my own and I don't have to worry about the kids, right? Then I'll be happy. Then I'll live the good life. Well, I have to tell you, this is magical thinking. It's thinking of the magic number. In fact, I, I know I've told this story before, but I want to tell it one more time. In one of the foundations classes I, I taught a few years ago, we were talking about happiness, and one of the homework assignments was to write down all of the things that would bring you joy in life. And I remember one of the gentlemen in there had written down a very finite number, a ma- what I would call a magic number. He said, I'll be happy when I get seven hundred and 708. Even remember the number, but it was like a a very specific number. When I get that in my 401k, I'll be happy. And I said, Well, you got to tell me more. Why is it $785,432.95? And he said, Well, my financial planner told me that when I get that in my 401k, I can retire. (laughs) And and I went, "Um, uh, Well, okay, but let's talk a minute. It's like, why is retirement so important? Why? Why are you not happy now? Why are you not feeling prosperous now? What is it about the now that is inferior to some picture in the future of when you would be able to retire? And you could tell that he hadn't really thought about that. He was putting off feeling good for himself, waiting for the magic number, waiting for the magic event, waiting for some change that would make all the difference. Well, I got to tell you, it's kind of like that person that has moved four or five times in their life, hoping that when they get to a new city, their life is going to be good, right? Well, Detroit was no good, so I moved to Atlanta. Well, Atlanta was no good, so I moved to Portland, right? And i got to tell you, what's common about all those things It's you. You have brought your existence, your lifestyle, your beliefs, the truth of who you are, you've brought it along with you. And if you are having trouble in all of those cities, i got to tell you the trouble, sadly, is in you. And this magical thinking about the number, right? When I retire, when the kids are gone, right? It's still going to be you. If you are wanting to focus on prosperity, if you are wanting to feel like you're living the good life, it ain't going to happen tomorrow if it's not happening today. There's nothing magical about a number or an event or something happening. You are you. And what I, when I see happy people, when I see people that feel abundant, what I know is they will expect that in the future and when i see people that are unhappy when are not enjoying their lives people that feel there's never enough or people who feel that they're not enough i'm a pretty good predictor i'd say if you look down the road in 10 years regardless of the circumstances in their lives they're gonna feel that same way because it's them not feeling enough. It's them not sensing that they are enough. It's their ideas of how the world works. It's them looking for misery, literally, instead of looking for happiness. It's them seeing and noticing in particular the things that are going wrong rather than seeing in particular and celebrating the things that are going right. It's that attitude, it's that world view. And today I want to offer an antidote to this. You know, Nancy so often on Sunday, she she was uh, opening us up with announcements and prayer today, and it's always a pleasure to work with Nancy. One of the things she so often says is, change your thinking and change your life. But I have to say, isn't it easier said than done? (laughs) Isn't it true that what I believe, I tend to just continue believing? And if there needs to be a shift in me to begin focusing on the good in my life instead of the negative in my life, how do I go about making that shift? Well, I want to read something from the book, but I think first of all, we're due for our joke. So a family of mice was out walking, and they were suddenly surprised by a large cat. Father Mouse stood his ground, drew himself up to his full height, and shouted, Bow, wow, wow, wow. Well, the cat was freaked out, stunned, and ran out. The young mice were very impressed. Well, that was fantastic, Dad. How did you ever manage to do that? That, children, explains Father Mouse, demonstrates the value of learning a second language. And so the key to changing your mind isn't so much that you have to become different, it's seeing what you value whether it's a second language, whether it's a new way of being, whether it's a, a personal expression of your creativity, if you follow the path of what you value, not trying to change you, but rather actually enhancing the eunus in your life. That part of you that is unique and has specific values, the things that are important to you, the things that call to you, the things that you love, when you walk along that path, it is God's good pleasure to find the resources to become more prosperous in that particular area. In the book here, she talks about this in more detail. I want to share this one reading with you. So this is from Julia Cameron, The Prosperous Heart. She says, The prosperous heart is abundant. While we may not have all that we wish at all times, we can be assured that we always have enough. And rather than insatiably craving more, the prosperous heart makes the most of what it already has and what it already loves. We find that we can meet our needs, even our wants, and we know that prosperity is more than our cash flow, more than our fiscal bottom line, more than a magic number. Prosperity is a matter of faith. The prosperous heart trusts that the future will be cared for as much as the day that is at hand currently. Have you ever wondered about just being in the present moment? Have you ever noticed that right in the present moment, things are pretty much going fine? We tend to become alarmed only when we dwell in the past, only when we're projecting out in the future. If you look around you right now, I would bet 95% of your life is pretty swell. You're probably sitting on a sofa or a comfortable chair right now. You probably have uh, on your mind uh, ideas of friends and food and the good life, right? It's only when we begin dwelling and thinking that somehow the future is going to bring us something that isn't quite as wholesome. Or maybe we're dwelling on the past and and seeking out memories of those things that have gone poorly in the past. But you know what? They don't really represent the bulk of your life. The bulk of your life is what you're experiencing right now. And for the most part, I would bet in 95% of the cases, it's a good life right now. So if we were to extrapolate what the future is going to be like, Why wouldn't it be more of what you're enjoying right now? Why wouldn't it be the friendships that you have right now? Why wouldn't it be the level of prosperity that you have right now? And if you were to imagine it to be different, why wouldn't you imagine it to improve? Why wouldn't you imagine that you'll have even more friends in the future? Why wouldn't you imagine that you would have even more abundance, even more comfort, even more love, even better health? right? It's all in our minds anyway. And if it is through our thinking that our worldview changes, wouldn't it always to be our advantage for us to be thinking things improve? Wouldn't it be to our advantage to actually seek out and notice the good things in life and use those as a predictor of what's going to come? not a magic number that we're, we're striving towards that may or may not bring us happiness, but the happiness that's right here. Let us enjoy each precious moment and the, the happiness and the abundance and the sufficiency of this particular moment because when we enjoy it, when we notice it, when we dwell on that, that is what we will get more of in the future. So it's not so much that we have to become a different person. It's not so much that we have to to seek out new and different things as it is to have some clarity around the love and the peace and the joy that's right here now. And as we dwell on that, It is God's pleasure to magnify that in our lives. Suddenly, we notice that we have more friends, more people seeking us out. Suddenly, we notice there are more opportunities and more possibilities in our life because we're noticing it more. We're highlighting it more. Well, one of the exercises in the book I have to share with you today, and it goes a long way to this idea not only of pointing out that there is a sufficiency right now that enough is enough, but it also I think is a delightful exercise and I want to share it with you. So she challenges us to write down the 25 things that I value most about my life right now. And of course, you can tell this is going to be your homework today. So, so listen up. I'll give you some pointers on it, right? So first of all, just take a piece of paper and write down the 25 things that you most value about your life. And I'll share some of my list. Of course, it's a lot about people, right? Because I'm a people person. So I have my partner Daniel, high on the list. Our friends, I list out some of them by name that are particularly good friends. Our, our dogs, our pets are there. Also you'll be glad to know. Like number three is being of service to my spiritual community right number three is you all i do value that i also have good and entertaining literature uh, my spiritual practice creativity and writing it's a nice lovely long list of of the things that i value well the next part of the exercise then and her theory is if we are spending our time and our resources On the things that we value, we will feel prosperous. Now think about that for a minute. This is a concept I really was not familiar with, but if we define prosperity as that feeling of sufficiency and that feeling uh, of being supported, What better way to get that feeling than by doing and investing in the things that you love? Think about that as a recipe. Have you? I had never thought about this before. Julia Cameron, you are a genius. How does your list of things that you treasure, that you value, how does that match up with how you spend your time and your money and your resources and if in there and pretty good alignment i bet you that you are a happy person you are a person who feels prosperous you are a person who feels the blessings of spirit are upon you and conversely i would suggest if you're Values are not matching up with how you spend your time. If you're spending a lot of time and money and uh, effort on things that you don't value, I would bet you're not feeling very prosperous. I would bet that you're feeling a lot of what the psychologists would call cognitive dissonance. You're you're doing the things you don't want to do. You're feeling pulled and pushed. You're devoting some of your life essence to things that you don't value. That comes into that feeling of lack. I'm not getting supported in the way that I feel I ought to be. So how can we begin shifting this? Well, I think this exercise that she has us do almost speaks for itself. We begin moving our resources of time, of talent, of treasure, our focus into more of the areas that we value. If you value your friendships and your family, if those are high on your list, and you live a million miles away from them, Oh, my gosh, I think you need to spend some time on Zoom. I think you need to spend some money on trips to be with the people you love. If you value some kind of a creative endeavor, let's say you really value the, the creation of art or music or something like that, but your job does not allow you the time to do that, how frustrating could that be? Begin devoting more of your time. Even if you have to think of part of your expression in the world as a hobby, that's okay. It doesn't matter whether you do it for a living or not, but make sure you are able to devote the time and resources and talent into the things that you value, into the things that you love. If you wish to feel abundant, if you wish to feel that prosperous heart opening... Your values need to be expressed, not your bank account, right? Let's, let's d- dismiss this idea of the magic number. Well, if only I had more money, then I could express myself creatively. If only I had more money, then I could lavish it on my friends and family, right? You see how easy it is to fall into those spending traps I'm not going to spend time with my family, but if I spend money on them, they'll love me. Do you see see the folly here? You're not spending your resources on what you love to do and in ways that are encouraging your, your sense of what's important to you, your values. So back to the exercise one more time, and then I promise I'll move on. So your homework is to do that little bit of an exercise, 25 things that I really value about my life right now, And then to analyze it for your time, your talent, and your money. Are you spending your resources on the things that are important to you? And if that's in in good alignment, uh, you could probably skip a few Sundays, right? (laughs) Because you already are feeling prosperous, I almost guarantee it. But if there isn't a good alignment, if you're noticing, gosh, I'm spending a whole bunch of my time on something I don't even value, That is where an adjustment needs to start coming forth. That is where you need to begin applying this principle of financial freedom. And the principle is an easy one. What I dwell on will be satisfying. So if I'm dwelling on something that's negative, if I'm dwelling on something that I have no value, unfortunately, that is going to come to you in spades. But if you're dwelling on things that are of value to you, if you're spending your time and your resources on those things that are are pleasing and in alignment with how you see yourself, you are going to feel satisfied. You're going to feel that enough is enough. Well, I want to close today with another reading and a summary here. Let me do the reading first, and then we'll go over our summary. So she says, the prosperous heart feels abundant. And you see, it really is a feeling. It's not the magic number. It's not the magic thing. Those are not going to really bring prosperity. The prosperous heart feels abundant. And that is due to our spiritual, not our fiscal condition. We know that we have what we need and we are expressing our values. We may even have more than what we need because we're sourced by God, we have infinite supply. Now we find that our prayers have been answered and that sometimes God's ideas are even better than our own. So in summary, there's no magic number, no magic thing. No matter where you go, there you are. So don't think that changing the outside, the circumstances, the 401k, the the where you love or what job you have, don't think that that is going to reduce any anxiety that you have around money or abundance. Because it's your own self going right along with it. You're apt to feel anxious no matter how much money you have. You're apt to feel anxious no matter what job you have. Instead, we look within. What is the source of my anxiety? Most likely, it's because you don't believe the future is for you. And I'm here to tell you it is. It is God's good pleasure always to profit us because God gets to experience that pleasure along with us. And so focusing on the present moment, that anxiety level could come down. Is there anything terrible right in this present moment happening? I doubt it. And that is more likely to be a predictor of your future. All will be well. And if you want to fantasize, let's fantasize that things get better, right? We know that as we think about things, they tend to come about in the world. So let us think about happiness in the future. Let us think about uh, a rosiness that comes about with time. And truly, that will tend to influence and predict what is in store for us. We also discussed what's generally wrong is where you're spending your time and resources, that you're not spending them on things that are actually important to you. The prosperous heart knows what it values and it spends time on those values. It gives its life essence to those things that are important. And finally, we learned that enough is always enough when your values are being tended. When those things that are important to you do have the proper amount of time and money and effort, you will feel prosperous. You'll have that open heart. And what I know is when you go about with that attitude of being open-hearted, oh my gosh, the things that flood towards you, to to sense that open heart. Suddenly there are people who want to be your friends. Suddenly there are people who would collaborate with you on wonderful new ideas. When you are open-hearted, and receptive to the good of the universe the good will seek you out well I think it's time for a prayer There is one power, one presence, one life, one goodness. Only this one thing, all of it is God. All of it is in amazing abundance. This is a prosperous and loving universe. That is the nature of things, and I internalize it right now. I know that I'm of it. I'm in it. I'm bathed in it. That prosperous universe is mine to have and to use, and it is God's good pleasure. And as it is true for me, it is true for all of you. It is true for everyone on this planet. As we open our hearts to be receptive, that good floods in. As we know that the future is positive, that positive future comes rushing towards us and on this day i claim that as we seek out our true values the things that are important to us as we lavish the sufficiency we have of our of our time and of our efforts on those things that are important to us the feelings of sufficiency are there and we know that it can and will continue and for this i am so very grateful for this i give my thanks to spirit itself. I release this prayer into the activity, into the action of the law itself. I let it be, and together we say, and so it is. Well, now is our time of uh, conscious giving. I invite you to take out your gift or your tithe, whatever it is you're you're willing to share with us. I know many of you are going to your browsers at cslportland.org/donate. We have a variety of ways. Of course, uh, those of us who are old-fashioned might want to send in a check. There's the information on how to do that on our website. Also, we have many online options, including you can text us a gift, as well as uh, you know paying with a credit card and other things we hope you enjoyed today's podcast if you happen to be in the portland oregon area we'd love to have you visit in person the portland center for spiritual living is located at 6211 northeast martin luther king jr boulevard We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, You are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.